0: Hello. Good evening. I think you knew uh, we were preaching our Psalm 27 this evening, yeah? because the songs really go with the topic of the psalm. <laughs> um, but uh, before going to the sermon, um, I-, I would like to bring some uh, uh, prayer points about Global Café. So I have prepared a couple of uh, slides. And Just to refresh a bit the memory, Global Cafe is a place where our aim is to present every international student an opportunity to hear and respond to the gospel while they are in Bradford, uh, following, obeying the Great Commission, like uh, sharing the gospel with the nations. Um, we have uh, we have shared it here uh, a few times now, but. Uh, this is what moves our hearts. We, we want to see the gospel spread among the nations. But it's our privilege now that the nations come here and we can share the gospel with the nations on our doorstep. And that's what we do in Global Cafe. And Sunbridge Road Mission has been supporting the work of Global Cafe now for six or seven years, uh, faithfully, uh, praying and financially. So thanks, thanks a lot for that. Um, we need our prayers, so you need to keep praying for, for the ministry, especially now that we're in a time of transition, so I will bring the points in a moment. Uh, so we got 150 countries represented in the University of Bradford. That makes 80% of the countries of the world are represented in this university. So that's, that's amazing that uh, we've we got so many countries coming here. To, uh, um, And I I, I like to to say, when I explain what we do in Global Café, that we we do the work of Philip. You know that story of Philip when um, this man from Ethiopia is reading a scripture from Isaiah. And he said he didn't understand what he was reading. And God brought Philip alongside for a short period of time just to explain uh, uh, that man of Ethiopia, what was the gospel about. And that's what we do in Global Café. Students that come from all around the world for short periods of time, for a few months, for one year, for two years, and God give us the opportunity to come alongside to them for a short period of time and explain explain them the gospel, and some of them receive it, some of them um, have the opportunity to listen, some of them say this is not for me, but they have the the opportunity to yeah to be exposed to the gospel so. Um, yeah, so I'm going to bring a few prayer points now, and we'll, we'll pray together for two or three minutes. Um, and yeah, we like that we can give thanks for all the seeds that during all these years have been planted in hundreds and hundreds of lives, in so many hearts, in so many students from so many countries. If you have been ever in Global Cafe, we got a wall map there. And when the students come, f- uh, we ask them to put a dot where the country they're from. So it's amazing when you see that dot, you, you see almost so many countries of the world represented there, and they come there to Global Cafe and they, they listen to the gospel, so that's, we can give thanks for that. And knowing that, as God says in Isaiah 55, 11, that my word that goes out, goes out from my mouth won't come empty to me, but we'll do the work I was sent for. Um, pray for Global Cafe for the volunteers. We got volunteers from eight, 10 local churches, Pray for encouragement, because we are in a process of transition. Um, and so next year, the trustees of Global Café that have been trusted for the last 10, 12 years, all of them are stepping down at the same time. So they are looking now uh, what to do next. And they want the ministry to keep going. Uh, and they are praying. And I think in a few days, they're having a meeting with Phil Dyson and uh, with some other local pastors to to discuss about different possibilities to keep going with the ministry, so p- pray for that and pray for that meeting. Yeah, it's coming in a few days, and pray for uh, our course Life Explorer. We started a course last week. It's um, planning the gospel. It's a seven weeks course, and and one of the students that came to the course. Uh, She's from Korea, and she said that um, she's got so many questions about God. She said, I'm not a Christian, but I have so many questions that, in my language, I don't know how to ask them in English. But uh, hopefully during the course, she will be able to put out those questions. So, so yeah, pray that God, uh, God will reveal him, himself to her. So let, let's, let's pray for two or three minutes in little groups before we come we to the sermon. Yeah. So today we are looking together at Psalm 27. And I don't know, but uh, for how long? But now, but we've been enjoying now for a wee, uh for a while, the Psalms. And the book of Psalms is a great book, written by uh, originally as songs or poems. <coughs> okay. While the book of, of Proverbs is to do with uh, our horizontal relation, the book of Psalms is to do with our relation to God. And <coughs> sorry. So uh, it's, it's about the way we relate to God, uh, the way we worship God, and the go- way we acknowledge Him in our lives. And uh, <coughs> sorry. this book, um, the book of Sam, has been, uh, thank you. <laughs> the book of Sam has been always a very special book uh, for all generations uh, uh, and generations of Christians. Currently, uh, my wife. And I, we are reading uh, this uh, from Tim Keller. It's a, a devotional about the Psalms. It's called My Rock. And it's, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a special book, especially uh, when you are going through times of trouble, reading the Psalms is very encouraging. And uh, this man, Tim Keller, he says that in, Middle Ages, in the Middle Ages, uh, the, the Book of Psalms will be the, probably the only book that average Christians will have to read because the Bible uh, only the priest will have the Bible, but the Book of Psalms was available to any Christian. So you can see how this book has been a special book through generations and generations for Christians. I think each of us could write a li- thank you. each of us could write a little psalm about different situations we've been going through. And uh, some years ago, when I was in the Bible school in Capenray in Lancaster, uh, we did an exercise, uh, one of the teachers. Uh, she asked us to to write a psalm, uh, and I think it's a beautiful exercise to do. That maybe you can do during this week, some situation that you are going through, just write it down as a as a psalm, as a song, as a, as, a, as a prayer between you and God, and it's it's something quite helpful. We have got uh, 150 psalms in the Bible, and almost half of them, exactly 73, were written by David, as uh, the psalm we will read today, uh, 27. David, he was a man that loved God, who spent time with God and writing psalms and songs, praying, dwelling in the presence of God, and gazing upon his beauty, as we'll see today in Psalm 27. Today we have this psalm, and, and Jewish, uh, Jewish scholars, they think that David wrote this psalm around uh, the last uh, when he was an old man, after fighting his last battle. That's that's what they think. It says after being delivered in his last battle against the Philistines from the giant Ishbi Benof as we'll read in Second Samuel, Second Samuel twenty-one sixteen. Uh, so David fought against many giants during his life. Therefore, we can learn something from from David about fighting giants because each of us we got giants to fight, don't we? Yeah, in our lives as. as. So we know David was some, somebody very special for God, and in Hebrew, the name David means beloved. David is the only person in the Bible described as a man after God's own heart. That's a beautiful description about David, and uh, the Bible says that about him in Acts 13.22. He was chosen by God and anointed as a boy by the prophet Samuel to be the king of Israel, And from that day forward, the Holy Spirit remained with him for the rest of his life. But let me tell you that if you're a Christian, if we are Christians, we have been chosen by God, too. And his Holy Spirit also dwells in us. So let's go together to this Psalm 27, and we'll read first the the first three verses in the New International Version I'm going to (coughs) read. So it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break, break out against me, even then I will be confident. So David, he was a king, but he was a warrior. He was a king, warrior king, a man that wasn't afraid of fighting wars because the Lord was his light, his salvation, and the stronghold of his life. Is this our experience as Christians uh, in our daily battles? Uh, do we have the same confidence that David had? I will say that it is, this is not the case. Uh, uh, sadly, uh, we struggle. We have uh, many fears. We have many problems, even as a Christian. And We have to acknowledge that very often we are prey of paralyzing fears that undermine our lives. Fear is a natural emotion that warns warns us of danger. So in its proper context, it's good. It's good for us. It's something that God has put in human heart. For example, it is helpful to fear touching fire so we don't get burned. Uh, It is helpful to fear jumping from the roof of your house, so you don't break your leg or you don't break your neck or something. But especially, we should say that it is helpful to fear the living God above anything else, who is the fountain of life, who who has got the keys of heaven and Hades, who is the Alpha and Omega, the Creator of everything, who holds the universe in his hands, who is three times holy. Holy, holy, holy. Our Lord is holy. But what does it mean to fear the Lord? What's the fear of the Lord? So basically, fearing the Lord will keep us from sinning. That's what we, we will read in Exodus 20:20. If we fear the Lord, we want to please Him. And for pleasing the Lord, we won't sin. We don't want to sin because we want to please our God. So if we have the fear of the Lord, we will submit our lives to Him and we will try to please Him above anything else by walking in all His ways and obeying Him. That's, that's the, the main thing about the fear of the Lord. Do we have this fear ourselves, or do we fear other ones more than we fear God? This is something that now and then we, we, we should stop and, and ask. Even as Christians, very often we fear creating things, more than the Creator Himself. Very often we fear people more than God. And that's when our lives are undermined. Because our hearts are divided between two fears. Between the fear of the Lord and the fear of of others. Which means that sometimes we will try to please others rather than God. That's the problem. When there are some some things or some people uh, that they compete in our lives to get the fear that only belongs to God we we are going to have problems because we'll try to please them sometimes even when they go against God's will so we have to be careful about that in Psalm 86:11 if we we go there we can read we read how David pray for an undivided heart to have the fear of the Lord so Psalm 86 verse 11 it says Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. And God answered David's request and gave him an undivided heart. And that's why David wasn't afraid. He wasn't afraid of men or anything else, because he had the fear of the Lord. So all other fears just vanish. And that's something amazing. If we have the fear of the Lord about any other fear the other fears will vanish. They will look very small. If the Lord is our greatest fear, the other fears vanish. Do we have this undivided heart that fears the Lord to obey him and follow his ways, ourselves, or our hearts are still divided between the fear of the Lord and other fears? So sometimes we follow God's ways, and sometimes we follow other ways against God's will. This is, this is a crucial issue uh, for the church today and for us as, a, as a Christians. If we want to keep growing as Christians and if we want to make a positive difference wherever we are, if we want to change things and places, we need the fear of the Lord. Because that's when God breaks through. That's when he takes uh, uh, when he comes. So we need to have this fear of the Lord in our homes, in our jobs, in our churches, anywhere, wherever we are. If God is our greatest fear, that's going to make a difference. And that's what will show that we are Christians that, that uh, have a great God. The question then is, what can, I, what can help us to have this undivided heart? In other words, what can help us to fear the Lord? About anyone else or anything else, so we follow his ways wholeheart- wholeheartedly. So let's keep reading Psalm 27, and the next verse, verse four, says, "One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all days of my life, all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple." So David is asking. It's asking of the Lord to dwell in his presence all the days of his life so he can gaze upon the beauty of his Lord. Is not this prayer a wonderful prayer? Yeah, it is. And that's a prayer God loves to answer, I will say, because God rewards those who earnestly seek him, as we can read in Hebrews 11, 6. Is that a prayer we could make personal in our lives? Lord, let me... Dwell in your presence all the days of my life to gaze upon your beauty. I hope that's our desire because I think that's the key for having undivided hearts. The key to fear God above anything else so we follow Him wholeheartedly is to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. is to spend time with Him. is to dwell in, in His presence. When we live in God's presence, when we fix our eyes upon Him, we realize that we have a mighty and awesome God. He is the God who spoke all creation into existence with the power of his voice. He can measure the galaxies in the span of his hand. He is the final and only standard for all that is righteous, holy, and good. He is not measured by the standard because he is the standard. He is the God for whom angels cover their faces, prophets bow in worship, apostles, Uh, faint as death, and kings cast their crowns down. He is the all-wise God who crafted his divine plan of redemption that will make fools out of the wise, and wise out of the foolish. He is the God who who can throw men into hell, or take them to heaven with him for eternity. He is the God of whom all creation worships. He is the Lord Yahweh, the great I Am, the covenant God, the omniscient God, the omnipresent one, the miracle worker, the law giver, the life giver, the gracious and compassionate one, the divine three-in-one. He is the Lord God Almighty, and like him there is no other. That's our God. And when we are in the presence of this God, our hearts are undivided. We worship this God, and this God becomes our greatest fear because he's an amazing God. The fear of the Lord will be in us if we dwell in, in God's presence, if we gaze upon his beauty. And all other fears will vanish, because if this mighty and awesome God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 31. That way, all other fears will vanish when we are with God, when the fear of the Lord is with us. We are aware that nothing can be against us, nothing is greater than our God. David experienced this truth in his life, and that's why he could face enemies and giants without fearing them. If we go back to Psalm 27, we can keep reading no, verse 5 and 6. It says, David says, For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted about the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shots of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. David knew that days of trouble will come, and we know that. Uh, the, the whole gospel is, is not that, oh, if you're a Christian, nothing wrong is going to happen to you. That's not the whole gospel. The whole gospel, if you're a Christian, wrong things may happen to you, but God is going to be with you, and he, he will help you to go through. So David, he knew that trouble could come to his life, but he also knew that God would be with him to help him through. As we read here, and, and as we can read in the most famous psalm of the Bible, written by David, too, Psalm 23, verse, uh, verse 4 and 5, where David says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. You prepare a table before, before me, even in the presence of my enemies. So even in the presence of my enemies, I can eat peacefully because God is with me. That makes, the diff- that makes a huge difference. That If God is with us, who can be against us? So now if we go back to Psalm 27, we can keep reading verses from 7 to 10. It says, hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. That's amazing, isn't it? Though my father and mother forsake me, still the Lord will receive me. Here we see David again seeking more of the Lord. Asking the Lord to show up in the middle of his situation, as the Lord has done in the past, in different occasions, David, say, David says, you have been my helper in the past, O Lord, so you can be my helper today. Um, because I know that even if my father and my mother forsake me, you will receive me. Because you are a faithful God, and you, and you love me with an unfailing love. You love me with an unfailing love. David says that in another psalm, too. This is true for us as well. If if God has been our helper in the past, he can be our helper today to whatever situation we're going through. But in the same way that David asked God to to help him again, we should pray, too. We should call upon God again when we are going through troubles and ask him to help us in our present situation. You know, you know the story of the Israelites, when when God was giving them manna from heaven. You know how every day they had to go out to the desert to collect the manna, and God give them uh, he he gave them the instructions. You have to collect manna every day and don't keep it for the next day because it will rot. And that spiritual principle is the same for us too. We should seek the Lord today to help us crossing whatever desert we are we are in at the moment right now. The blessing from yesterday doesn't apply for today. We, we need to seek for God today. He helped us yesterday, and he wants to help us today, but we need to seek for him. We, we need to seek him. God is willing to help us, but we have to seek him today, as we saw him yesterday. And then he will show up, because he's faithful, and he loves us with an unfailing love. So let's Read the last verses of this psalm, uh, 11 to 14. It says, teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn, do not turn me over, over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spotting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Here we see David asking God to teach him um, his way and to lead him in a straight path because of his oppressors. So he is not turned over to the desire of his foes. And uh, as Christians, we got enemies too, uh, the enemies that go against God and that go every, 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 anything that is Christian. So we got these enemies that will try to undermine or destroy our lives, too. But we shouldn't fear anyone or anything else above God. Um, Why is that? Because our lives will be in the hands of our greatest fear. We need to be aware of this, because um, Satan, he's going to try to distort, uh, to pervert anything that God has made good. And the fear of the Lord is something good. And Satan is going to try to take things towards him, things that belong only to God. And Satan loves bringing fear to him, because that's a kind of worship. We worship that thing or that person or that God that is our greatest fear, that becomes our God, and we are in his hands. So our lives will be in the hands of our greatest fear, and our greatest fear will control them. And if our great, But if our greatest fear is God, we have nothing to be afraid of. Because uh, our God loves us with an unfailing love, as we could read in Psalm 36, uh, verse 7. If we are honest, we know that our present society poses, poses many threats. So it is fair to say that all our fears are not unfounded. Nevertheless, if we dwell in God's presence, and God is our greatest fear, any other fear that is trying to control our lives will vanish, will be under our feet. In Matthew 14:27, we have this story. Uh, in the midst of the storm, Jesus, he's, he, come, he comes walking on the water. Uh, to his terrified disciples, he said, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. And here, the point is not that we have nothing to fear, but his presence is the basis for our courage. So when we go through situations that are um, fearful situations, we can take courage if Jesus is with us. If Jesus is with us, we can keep going, and he will help us to go through. So as we said before, if God is for us, we can be against us. Have you invited Jesus to get into the boat of your life already? If you haven't done it yet, today could be a good day for you to do it. And if you have done it already, but there are still fears in your life that undermine your Christian living, I encourage you to seek the Lord today, because the the manna from yesterday is not good for today. Gaze upon the beauty of the Lord today, and sooner or later, the Lord will help you, because as He helped you in the past. He will help you today, too. And as David writes in the last verse of Psalm 27, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Because at the right time, the Lord will will break through if you gaze upon his beauty, if you dwell into his presence. Um, Yeah, so that's what I wanted to share with you today Uh, Finish with a little prayer. Thank you, Father, for for these psalms that are so so encouraging for us. Um, thanks, because we can see in 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 so many of these psalms how how the the prophets, the psalmists, also struggle, and they had the, the same struggles that we have. They had their their fears. They have their problems but they, they, they saw you and they dwell into your presence and that, that, that made the difference. We, we ask you, Father, that you will help us today to gaze upon your beauty. We ask you that you will help us to dwell into your presence. And we invite you, Father, to be our greatest fear because we know that you love us with an unconditional love and our lives are safe in your hands. So we, we bring your lives uh, one more time in, into your hands. And I, I ask you that you will help us to, to get rid of those fears that are diminishing our lives as Christians. And you will take control in our houses, in our church, in our jobs, wherever we are, you will be in charge. Because if you are with us, who can be against us, Father. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.